Hello and welcome to the Infinity Collective Action Broadcast. We're here on the soggy island in the west west of Europe. Soggy island in the west of Europe. I'm Squirrel. Uh, there's some other people here, starting with Mouse. Introduce yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Mouse. You're probably getting pretty familiar with me at this stage. Uh, I'm excited to be on this podcast. Uh, next, we can jump over to Eleanor. Hi, I'm Eleanor. Uh, back again after not being on the last podcast. I'm happy to be back here. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Uh, hi, I'm Morgan. Uh, I'm very, very excited uh, to be at this podcast. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for us to talk shop. Sam, I believe that leaves you. Yeah, hi, I'm Sam. Um, I'm looking forward to it. This is my first time, so be kind. <laughs> Woo! Roping in the newbies. That's what it's about. <laughs> Grow the cult. <laughs> we'll now pause for a moment of silence to celebrate the greatness of our almighty leader, Supreme Leader Redacted. Mm. That was it. It's uh, not that great. Uh, Next up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a wondrous subject of the mold, which uh, unites us all and connects us all. Uh, all hail the mold. Not my name um, for the mold. Which mold? Yeah, but so we're 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 still living in this kind of uh, this kind of crazy death world at the moment, which is uh, which is fun. Uh, the government uh, here in Ireland has uh, just said, you know how we were gonna let everyone be grand, kind of on the fifth of May, and you can all go outside again. They were like, actually, no, that was a lie. Uh, we all knew it was a lie, uh, but they've come out and confirmed it that they're gonna delay it for two weeks. Um, so I said, I guess get used to being stuck in your homes for a little bit longer, eh? I want to start Woo! a bet going on when the lockdown will presumably end because I'm bashing on August. I, like I think that it's going to be long. Well, the the lockdown. Mm, I think the lockdown's going to end sometime in June, uh, and we're going to see loads more cases go up, and a couple of people are going to die, and then I think they're just going <laughs> to put it back in <laughs> yeah I would, I would also bet for something like that i'd say that like there's probably going to be an end of the first lockdown probably by uh, summer solstice uh but it's definitely co- coming it's co- it's coming back in i'd say but that like by august by august there are chances that we could be going through the second lockdown I think your uh, your prediction of what might happen um, when lockdown is lifted is uh, pretty uh, pretty likely, to be honest. I mean, we've been in lockdown a very tiny fraction of time compared to places like China and Italy, who are exiting very trepidatiously. And I feel like when kind of whispers of a lockdown being lifted happen here, people might just go full blown. Uh, loco because at least where I live like people are already getting fed up and like if I go out to get some supplies or whatever I'm seeing like a lot of people out so I feel like that might happen we might get a second wave as they say and we might just see regulations and restrictions uh, come again uh, perhaps more fiercely than before hopefully not but it's been something that that I've thought, thought about I mean 
I guess on that uh, on that kind of gloomy note, uh, is there any like how have people been coping with the virus? Like, like are we just cracking out like games of Monopoly or something like that and starting to hate the people we live with? <laughs> or is anyone kind of co- <laughs> or is anyone kind of like came up with anything better to? I'm, <laughs> I'm stuck. I'm, I'm stuck with somebody who doesn't believe uh, that coronavirus is real, oh, and has keep uh, talking to all of his friends really loud throughout the whole house how it's probably just a hoax, etc. Is going out all the time and is being a real liability for us. And apart from that, also has absolutely appalling behavior. So I mean, yeah, I do think that like situations like that tend to uh, reveal certain parts of people. And uh, that's also what we're talking about just before the beginning of the po- of the podcast about uh, self responsibility. I mean, I, I I don't know. I don't really know what to do anymore. We're still like we're probably going to take measures, but like after after the end of the of the quarantine, after the end of the lockdown, because for now there's just nothing that can be done really. Uh, and that's the thing is that we're just forced to live with uh, with one another. And if you're lucky enough to be with considerate people, I think everybody's trying to k- cut each other some slack. I I was. I'll be honest. I was more hoping to focus on the positive here. Yeah. Um, like, well, I like I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, like back home, like my family are getting really into gardening. Uh, I've been talking with my mom, and she's like, "Yes, now is the time. We have to like build self sufficiency. Like, you know, the the state is kind of showing us that, like." like that we have to be able to take care of ourselves and kind of our communities and stuff like that so i think that's really positive and that's, a great way of looking at things um, i love that because in our estate everybody when this started as well like about four weeks ago everyone in our estate just got really involved in community programs to help people who are at risk like my wife is um has an inflammatory disease so she's immunocompromised and i am too because i smoke like a chimney but um so having our neighbors who had cars go up to shops and pick up things for us even pharmacy drives i mean the pharmacies in minute got got into contact with their local estates as well residential estates and it, it's wonderful to see how quickly people here, you know, decide to start helping their neighbors. It's, it's uplifting in this time. Yeah. Um, so, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry, go on. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, likewise, Vera, I live in Marina and we got some legend kind of went around all the houses with leaflets. This is at the beginning, like weeks ago, and it was like a Marina buddy system. So. Basically, you just give them a call and you're like, yeah, I can definitely like go to the bank or go to the shop or like walk someone's dogs if they're like either immunocompromised or they're elderly or they just need help. And that's been great. So at least in, in my hood, like there's this community element that now exists that uh, was very like vague beforehand. And it's been absolutely class to see that and to see everyone getting I mean, that into gardening and growing food and like I've been passionate about growing food for ages but people kind of relating like oh geez well where, where does our food actually come from it wouldn't it be great if like we grew our own and then we could like distribute it to to our community and people who might need it and that's one thing I'm really hopeful of anyway is that we'd be like restored back to those old school ways of living where we look out for one another it's a pretty simple thing but and yeah, real, real old school businesses. I think <laughs> yeah. That's fucking yeah. prehistoric, that is. 
because <laughs> I've been growing shit tons of kale because I went to Irish Seed Savers like months and months and months ago and I feckin' love kale and I, I got very excited when I got back and sowed a, a million seeds uh, kind of just throughout the garden and they're like all sprouting and doing all right. I had a bit of an like awful situation with slugs at the beginning, made some sigils, had some beer traps, relocated the slugs. And I mean that's tough. It's it must be tough for the slugs because slugs don't usually like kale, so like it's hard times for them if they're eating all your kale. I, I actually have been, uh, I was did something very funny where I was like I I mean I I just can't murder a slug. It's not in me. So I was like, what can I do? So I was leaving out like any leaves I had so the slugs would eat them as a deterrent. But they were still like, nope, we want to go for the the younglings. So I was like, what if I make like well, I mean magic? fresh off the plant. So I did some magic. <laughs> I, I did some magic and I created some plant protection sigils and then did like uh, like circles magic circles of salt and then bran flakes and then coffee grounds and like made these what I assumed to be like impenetrable fortresses against the slugs and uh, I, I read on the internet that slugs like bran so I used bran flakes <laughs> and what it, actually, what it actually did was kind of beautiful it attracted like uh, two little baby mice which are now like residents in, in the hood uh, and the slugs mm. don't really uh, to be honest the, the Guinness traps are what the slugs kind of go for um, and yeah that's, slugs that's, do love a pint now and then that's yeah. lovely I mean, <laughs> some interspecies yeah. family going on yeah 100% <laughs> I really want to build a pond wherever uh, wherever I I was going to say wherever I can. I don't really have the land to build a pond, maybe on our land, but uh, it, it's like absolutely wonderful for creating a habitat. Like if you can have some frogs in your garden, I'd love to have a hedgehog, but there's like a bajillion cats that come along. So I feel like mm. the hedgehogs are deterred by that. But Well, well, what, 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 what do you think of like, like getting your hands on a few like Dublin County Council high visits and just going to, I know there's a park near your house. And just digging upon there, like you know, uh, <laughs> actually, little 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 bit of activism, like you know, like let's let's let's, let's build the ecosystem. <laughs> That's I think we've you been, know, like, if you speculating if you had... a lot with sorry, sorry, go on. I think I cut someone off. No, it's, I was just talking about how I've heard of a few places now with the garden to do it. I think in Minute there's um. Uh, an old age home or something and they've rented out parts of their garden space to different communities so they can grow either bee um, bee attracting flowers or um, food and in my oh, last awesome. in my last temp job as well there was a community organizing to grow um, bees and edibles in grow bees but bee attracting plants and edibles in the office using the balcony space as well which is which was really cool so i mean i mean just saying uh, uh, while everyone else makes uh, their uh, points yeah bees and edibles uh, like, sounds like a hell of a party <laughs> <laughs> i can't imagine being way too stoned surrounded by bees i'd either love it or like lose my shit oh, <laughs> Yay, I pollinators. Oh, exactly bees. there's no way no way to know which way it'll go <laughs> I mean, on that topic, though, like, something irks me about that, because, like, because you said that they're renting out that space. I'm like, why you rent, like, oh, why not just do it or rent, let people do it? They're probably just lending them. I don't think there was any sort of money transaction happening. It was okay, more just, okay, like, yeah. 
it was the word that I caught. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, because I was there getting into like a red fury. I was like, I was like, what's the capitalizing on like not killing the planet? Like that just it really pisses me off. Right. But uh, I think don't maybe worry, Matt. for me. That that old age home might not be doing it, but someone probably is. So you can get angry at them instead. <laughs> On the, on the topic of uh, gorilla ponding, something that I would absolutely love to do, if possible, would be if it were possible to just pause reality and go around like all of the buildings in Dublin, like all of the kind of high rises where there's just, there's a roof, but there's absolutely nothing going on in it and mm-hmm. have just dirt laid out on every single roof and seed bomb it to fuck or just plant a load of wildflowers, a load of grasses and then within like... A couple months we'd have green roofs all over Dublin. I mean, it seems like something that unfortunately might get like gotten rid of very quickly, but if we just had green roofs on anything, like the pollinators would be buzzing. So, with like early garden, we're always like fantasizing about different things that we can do. And I've tried to make moss graffiti, so you get like moss spores and you kind of put them in a spray bottle and shake them. And then you can just like spray, like, and it's cool because you've got like moss, which is great for carbon sequestration, but you can also do like a really cool like message to the people. Uh, on the side of a building and it's in moss yeah. it's just kind of rad um, but the I, I would like to see yeah I, I, I think I would like to see the Ocean Eleven style of trying to sneak like tons of dirt onto like, <laughs> a, onto, like a, a 15 story building like you know well, like hiding it mom. hiding it in like a catering car or something and like working your way to the top to do this guerrilla gardening just, that's a that's a great image I think all right, I'd yeah, like to take imagine. a moment here to address you the, uh, the listener and say under no circumstance uh, are we in, uh, uh, suggesting that you should go and buy a large bag of soil which you might find in say Aldi and do anything with that I am I'm saying go out there I'm saying you're a bad person if you're not doing that like I don't care like I've discharged my legal responsibility (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah you're safe look if the police want to arrest me for telling people to go out there and care about the environment go for it like you know you stand here today having told the public to plant flowers what do you (laughs) what a scumbag your honor i would like to draw attention to the dublin city council values which definitely include the word stewardship somewhere in them (laughs) (laughs) to follow on from your image i was just imagining with the bags of dirt like hauling them uh, onto a trolley and then trying to sneak them in and then being stopped or apprehended by a member of the Garda and then them being just so relieved that's not a body because those really large like bags of dirt might resemble something that looks a little bit freakier to them. Yeah, the news headlines, like, uh, we caught, like, two people in their 20s trying to smuggle 20 kg of dirt onto a building rooftop, like... I mean, if you make headlines with that, you're already doing some good work. <laughs> Massive dirt race. bust. Fucking Irish Times article, like, um, fucking building manage- management expert Paddy McPatrick said, it is very bold and a breach of uh, apartment regulations to plant plants on roofs. And therefore, members of the public should not do this. I really want to cover the spire from the base to the top in a combination of different mosses and uh, and 
solar panels that like open up like a flower on the top of it so that they can catch all the sun during the day but then like they're still protected from the elements so kind of like close back in to the top oh, and then that all sounds the so pretty it would be so much better than just being a, a useless spike that represents prosperity or some shit like that um penis but... uh, this spike represents exponential growth which is possible in uh, a finite <laughs> planet uh, yes suggesting yeah, otherwise but... is uh, homophobic <laughs> that's why i'd love to chat to challenge that with a message that our planet is actually finite and uh uh mosses are and should be covered in moss yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would look so beautiful the moss too. shall inherit the earth and then we I was on the mold buzz, but like I, I maybe maybe I'm getting converted to this moss cult. It sounds a, it sounds a little more fun. I'll be no, Max, you're just being converted to moss. They don't need. To, I'm literally flapping my arms right now because they don't need to be separate. They don't need to be separate. The the most stable ecosystem is a is a complex ecosystem. We need like food farms, yeah. trees, shrubs, perennials, annuals. We need moss. We need lichen, and of course we need mycelium. We need a whole bunch of mycelium. All the different kinds, like underground overground we need fruiting bodies we need to be able to just walk down the street and pick some mushrooms and eat them we need to pedestrianize o'connell street uh, and have vertical food forests so that everyone can eat because there's enough space and there's enough resources for everyone to just be happy but it's just managed poorly and we don't need cars on o'connell street just radical scary. anarchists threatens yeah, yeah, to bulldoze replace... all of o'connell street and replace <laughs> it with trees i'm a i'm on it <laughs> But I think we could make a, a great uh, intermission segment out of just like making Irish Times headlines out of shit we said in the in the recording. <laughs> Go ahead, Sam. I just wanted to talk about uh, like I just wanted to re- um, agree with Eleanor about uh, polyculture. You know they are the most efficient systems. Um, it's you and like. You know, the whole thing about the moss inheriting the earth. I mean, if we overconsume, that's what's going to happen, really, ourselves and most of the uh, large mammals or the more, um, more, uh, more adapted, better adapted mammals will die if we continue on, on the pace that we are at. And moss, that doesn't need a lot of mud and it doesn't need a lot of water it can survive a lot of different kinds of conditions is what's going to inherit everything and it's going to pave a way for the soil to start growing grass and trees and you know maybe there will be other hominids who will hopefully (laughs) not be as stupid as us uh, okay. I don't know, like, I I think we've demonstrated pretty clearly with the corona crisis that uh, we'll be able to deal with climate, climate crisis by just locking people in their homes, like, you know, just implement some martial law, it seems to fix all of our problems. I think that the solution you know? to any uh, health crisis is to give the police more powers. <laughs> exactly, like, just bring on the authoritarian state. 1984, here we come. You know, uh, gar- like, Gardi Shiakana, our police don't need any more training anymore. Just knock them out. As long as we've got an army of guards, everything's going to be fine. Because, like, I do think that this is almost like training for for climate crisis at the moment. Like, you know, it's like a nice little mini crisis we're in so that we can prep ourselves for, you know, the inevitable larger crisis down the road. Nice little mini crisis. 
yeah, like, you know, fun-sized. A fun-sized crisis. As opposed to the the massive one that's been going on for decades. Yeah, but we still haven't seen the consequences of climate change to the extent that they're going to reach, like, you know. I know, I think um, we have It's definitely been going on for decades, but we've managed to brush it under the carpet pretty easily. Um, and these things are on, like, a delayed scale, you know. Like, even if we stopped all pollutants and just planted trees now like things are still going to get a lot worse in terms of climate change before they get better like a crisis is definitely coming down the line um and i think we're seeing now how states react to that like you know and how they how they deal with that you know and like one of the things is is just this strengthening of like government power and this taking control of the economy um and i think that's gonna kind of increase after this crisis, when we see kind of the more economic, successful models that are going to come out of it are going to have the most authoritarian policies that kind of keep the, the gears and cogs of industry moving, which makes me worried. But what well, about the free market? We also yeah, run the I, risk of repeating right. our past mistakes. Yeah, mm. I don't know what it is about humans and just this cognitive dissonance that if a problem is just like just so intangible enough it's so easy to ignore you know like a like a, yeah. a, de- a demon on fire in the corner of your eye but it's just so easy to ignore it uh, and like um, i see like in a study that i did one of the questions was like is this covid 19 situation is it affecting your view of the climate crisis and the, the the answer really was a resounding yes but also some of the answers were just like yeah <laughs> you know it's just but like it, but but none of this is gonna none of this is gonna change unless the system changes. Like a huge problem with climate crisis, in fact, arguably the largest problem is capitalism, yeah. and this idea to Definitely. remove responsibility from the individual because of like systemic, like like things in capitalism. Like you know, like if you look at a company that's polluting the world, that's digging up the ground for mining or something like that, like. What they'll say is, we're just trying to turn a profit. We're just trying to give money back to the shareholders. These shareholders, they probably have hedge funds. They don't even know what they're invested in. They're just like, I give money to these people and I get money back. And everyone along the line says, it's not really my fault. We're just trying to go where the money is. So like, until something changes and that system is confronted in some way, like we're, we're just going to continue to slash and burn everything uh, until the money's dried up or we're dead. You know? Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's melancholy, but definitely, definitely true. Like, and I don't know what the biggest. I've been thinking about like what what solutions there are to this, and it's obviously just gone full force, fighting the government, but then also just like people, and like kind of micro societies breaking off from these big urban spaces and creating their own community and leading by example. And I'm wondering, actually, to all of you, like, what do you think the most effective thing we can do in a situation like this like wh- how is the system that's so big and monstrous like how is it challenged effectively because i think that a lot of change comes from an individual level and i have like gone on repeat just like fought and burnt out and burnt out and then like grand again burnt out and then i'm like maybe the best thing i can do is just to lead by example like also still fighting where i can but would other people then look at these alternative ways of living these alternative societies and be like oh, okay there actually is an exit out of this. I don't need to be stuck in the cogs of this 
awful, dirty system. Uh, like there is, there's another way to live, you know. And I'm, I'm wondering what, well, y'all think is is I have a huge amount to say on this. Does anyone else want to want to go on? Because I know that I've uh, taken up a little bit of space. No. Okay. Yeah. No. Go on. Oh uh, well. I mean. Oh um. Well, I absolutely agree with everything that you said, Eleanor, and I've been I've been thinking about it pretty much in the same terms. Um, for quite a while. And I think that one thing that we can do right now during the lockdown is maybe trying to find a way to improve the communication between communities, between the ones that already exist. Because if we really want to make this work, of course we need to, by example, of course we need to create these, these very small groups of people where everybody knows each other and we can really live in the sustainable and self-responsible way. Uh, but if we if we still want this to work and not to be aside from society forever, but gradually take over mainstream culture uh, as it exists now, uh, we need to we need to dramatically improve the communication and digital communication between each community so that we can be a coherent whole. Does that make sense? I, yeah, I I agree that we need to be building, but I like, you know, and maybe maybe this might be a bit militant for other people, but I also think that we have to go on an attack as well. Like every every single like successful movement has kind of had two wings. Like you know, like a lot of people will talk about the civil rights movement and the and the non peaceful actions and stuff of Martin Luther King Jr. And I'm like, yeah, that's super effective. It's showing people how they they should live and stuff, and and that's a huge part of it. But like, you also need like 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 economic aggression. Like I think people need to be going out there uh, and hurting the economy. Um, in ways to dissuade people from destroying the world around us, like you know, by any means necessary, like you know, like like we have to be, you know, making governments like change policies. We need to be uh, making companies scared that you know they are going to be like hurt economically because that's really what matters at the end of the day. If they're going to continue to destroy the world, like you know, like like. Well, like, well, like I, I, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in diversity of tactics. Like, you know, like, like there are plenty of ways to define violence or something like that. Um, but like, I think that stuff like property destruction and the work of uh, people like Earth First and stuff like that are really important. Like, you know, like, like you can go in, you can occupy like a coal mine, for example, uh, stop production for a few days and damage equipment. And you can say that we're not going to have coal mining in this area. Like, you know, like effective things like that. If we could, if, if there is a movement building on that front, I think that also dissuades things. If, if you look at the, if you look at the anti-vivisection movement in the UK, as well, like they almost got vivisection. This is animal rights, but I think kind of related. They almost got vivisection banned in the UK. Like that, almost no company was in, until the government did a huge bailout of a number of companies. 
they, they essentially were going to say, like, we, we cannot have vivisection labs in the UK. That's an incredibly effective campaign. And they did that by targeting the companies that were feeding into this stream. They said, if you're going to work with that company, like, you know, if you're a bank, your ATMs are going to be destroyed, you know. We, we are going to hurt you economically until you kind of comply with the demands of the masses. Because... This whole system is just where does the money go? Where does the money go, you know? Like, you, you can't shut it down by asking nicely. There has to be consequences for people who put the world uh, second to their own economic gain. And if, and if you stop one person by talking nicely, they'll just be replaced by someone who's willing to get Agreed, the job but then I, I do think that it, it still gets down for, for, I mean, the measures to put right now, it still uh, gets down to coordination. Uh, because like, oh, yeah. uh, because like as oh, as yeah. always like, both in the peaceful on the peaceful side, and on the more aggressive strategic side, and in the whole, I do believe just like you that we need to, we need basically tactics that are as, as diverse as possible. But if you want the diversity to work, you need coherence. I would agree that, there, but then also like definitely agree that the the poly tactics is necessary because we all have these different brains and we all respond to different stimuli, like whether it be statistics or stories or, or art or music about these issues. And for some people, it's just pure economics, like, but how that economic message might get conveyed might be through someone doing a theatrical piece where aliens are coming to the planet, uh, you know, a thousand years from now and being like, oh, look at humans, they're so stupid, you know? And some, some businessman walking down the road might see that and be like, huh. I keep hearing about this climate change thing and it's making me feel uncertain for the first time today, you know, because I think that some people, they will only care about money and I don't know, I don't know how, how, how brains work that way, but, you know, that's just the reality. So instead of, um, you know, holding up a sign that's like, hey, stop using carbon, it's like, be like, your business is going to get so fucked if you don't transition, like, immediately, you know, uh, and if they hear that, because of a what's called what's called the mere exposure effect, right? If that person is constantly exposed to the idea that their money is going to be become zero unless they make a transition to carry out their business in a way that that doesn't fuck up the planet because that's what their consumers desire, uh, then they won't get money anymore, right? So that that's why we saw things like for you know zero waste movements and like keep cups and just uh, uh, buy cutlery made from like hemp and bioplastics and all that like it's great steps but what that came from was a business being like oh shit my business is going to look like i'm going to look like such an asshole if i still make my products shrouded in plastic so yeah yes eleanor but but the thing the thing is that like i absolutely agree with that but the thing is that there's a there's a darker side to that which is greenwashing oh yeah totally like because some companies will just yeah, we'll just do the marketing, do do the green marketing, and they'll keep going business as usual. And that's the problem with business is that the people will always find a way, like around those rules, because marketing and therefore economy as it exists rely on manipulation. I, I know. I, I I'd like to. I just I just like to chime in with one of the things that I've been doing to try and promote a more green way of life is um, getting in touch with my neighbors and finding out what the local businesses are. I mean, 
considering I live out in the country, we're close to farms. So um, if I am uh, bringing my money to someone who is a local business, I'll have more of a pull in what they do with their product. And if I'm part of a community that brings their business to this local uh, company, then I can start talking to my community about changes. And, you know, I think that brings us back with the economics question of it's a it's, it's supporting a small business, one that's local, one where you can talk directly to the owner rather than trying to go for, you know, um, a Tesco or a Dunn's, which is a lot easier because you don't have to spend as much time trying to figure out what you should do um, because everything's just there prepackaged for you to pick up. Um, so I, I think I would like to just add that as a possible way as well, talking about multi-tactics. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't get me wrong. Like community building and stuff is, is vital in this, like two arms to every movement. Like, like on, I believe that while people should be doing this, there should also be people forming cooperatives and different ways of modeling economics where the bottom line isn't money, you know, like, like a cooperative, if every, if a worker cooperative, if every worker gets a vote in, you know, shall we pollute the air that we breathe and the water that we drink, or should we just care about money? I think everyone who lives in that community and works in that business is going to say, uh, actually, maybe money isn't the bottom line, and I have children here, and I care about them. I have, you know, family around me. Like, th there are other factors at play there. Like, like the commercial supergiants and, and the society they've created are the problem. You know, so like you have to be building these uh, these different ways of modeling kind of like life, be it uh, in housing, in business and all that kind of thing to help transition away from that like evil, gigantic machine, because it's not people like a, like a, a large corporation isn't people. You can replace any one of those parts. It's a machine. It will just function like like input resources, output money. You know, so we need to be creating models away from that uh, that show people a different way of operating and don't destroy the world around us. You know, I don't think it's really a machine. I think it's more like a, a, a spaghetti, just a big plate of spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a mechanical spaghetti monster <laughs> that doesn't have any defined function apart from like existing and like it has all of these parts that do things and just generate noise and spew out smoke and stuff and they move in various directions but the entire thing doesn't really go anywhere it seems to be able to increase itself expand in volume but not achieve anything oh sorry but um th those uh, those models uh, to create that that mouse you were talking about just just now uh I would need to find again the the exact resources for them, but they already exist. There's like a few companies in Spain that work like that now, and they work well. Yeah, definitely. There, there, there are, there, there are people doing this, and that's why I'm saying like we 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 need to shut down the people doing things in a bad way, and we need to promote people doing things in a good way as a society. 
like by whatever means actually works, you know, um, because because we're we're living in disastrous times, you know, and like right now, a lot of people look to to states or economics to protect themselves, you know, and and these things have consequences. Like if you if you even have state socialism. Um, you know, uh, like China or something, you have this huge centralization network, but they're still doing all the polluting. Like, you know, they, they, they definitely have more control over the economy and can prevent that if they have to. But ultimately, you're just creating a larger business where they have to compete with world powers like a business instead of uh, on a smaller scale where you have these individual companies. You know, so it doesn't quite work. It's still this top-down model where everyone can say, well, I'm just trying to do my best to help this in the economic situation that we're in instead of I'm trying to do my best to create a better world for you us. Know, Mouse, it, you know, Mouse, I think you just, like, tripled our Twitter engagement by describing China as <laughs> state socialist. Not that you're necessarily wrong, but... <laughs> they, they, look... There are many different types of socialism, uh, I think. Uh, and if someone wants to call themselves socialist, uh, I generally will not disagree with them. I think China is a socialist country, um, but I think it operates different than other people's interpretations of socialism, you know? Talking about politics, Maus, what you were saying about businesses and companies and economy reminded me of Bernadette... Bernadette Bernadette Devlin. She was a politician. Um, I think she was active about 30 years ago in Irish history. And I remember seeing an interview with her and a complete prat from the UK. And I think an American middle person, anyway, in this interview. And she was talking about how it's ridiculous that Harrison Ford uh, gets so much profit from his automobile company because he's not the one doing the work and it was uh, it was amazing seeing something of that quality talking about economics uh, in such a socialist way i hadn't you know like you always know that these things have been happening for a long time and they're being brushed under but then it actually happens and the the curtain is lifted and you realize you know you still haven't figured out all the rose tinted curtains around your perspective yeah i i mean that's that's marxist theory um or uh, you know that can be gleaned from marxist theory this idea that like profits are stolen wages um and you know like i, I i've read a lot of marx and have a lot of uh, a lot of sympathy in in some areas uh for marx uh i reject quite a lot of his other teachings but um but but this concept of viewing economics in that sense it, it is a good stepping stone to seeing how corrupt the world is. Like you know because because um, he talks about something called the labor theory of value, which I know Proudhon, who is an anarchist uh, from France, talked about previous to Marx, and and some people will argue that a lot of Marx's theories are actually stolen from Proudhon. But that's a contention between Marxists and anarchists. Um, uh, but it does change your perspective of things when you understand, like, who is doing the work and who is getting the money, you know, and it's not on this basis of merit because, you know, like, like some pe a lot of people are just born into wealth, 
Like, you know, um, if you are born with, you know, a a billion dollars, if you inherit a billion dollars, which is, you know, more than possible, some people that happens to, uh, and you go to a hedge fund and that hedge fund is going to say, like, I I can guarantee you 2% a year. Well, first of all, that's a terrible hedge fund. You should probably find a better one. But say (laughs) say you're not good at business and you're like, cool, I'll, I'll put that in, like, just off of the money you're making for having a billion dollars, you're 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 getting over a million a week, like for having a billion dollars. Like a lot of the people who have wealth can just create more wealth in this world. Like it's not earned. There's not nothing earned there. That in fact, you made a bad business decision by going to such a bad hedge fund, and you're still making a million a week. You know. Yeah. And it's like none of this money is ever actually going to be used. I mean, the, the, a lot of these people that roam around in that sort of circle that has, you know, 50% of the world's uh, wealth don't actually spend money on normal things because they're constantly getting favors from all of their in crowd or like, I, I heard from someone that the, the rich part of, or like D4, has lower prices on coffee than like the rest of Dublin, even though it constitutes like like really wealthy people and businesses. But no, you know, these people don't have to pay tax. These people don't have to pay money and they just get to have all this stuff that they're never going to use for anything other than to say, hey, I'm a big rich person. So do whatever I tell you to. Yeah. Just a point of clarification, Sam. Did you say Harrison Ford yeah, was the, the guy, profiting from oh his god, car company? Oh my god, is his name not Harrison? I know there's like two actors called Harrison Ford, but I assumed that the Ford guy was also called Harrison. But he's like <laughs> the. Oh yeah, there we go. Uh, All you white people Ford. have the same names, you know. <laughs> I, I was really hoping, like the reason reason I. I, I, I was really hoping that you were going to tell me that Harrison Ford is actually like Henry Ford's grandson. <laughs> it's okay. Best part we, is... we, we've seen Blade Runner, so we know it doesn't work out well economically by the end of it. <laughs> of the intersection of Ford and what we were talking about earlier, I think in the, it was either in the 50s or the 60s uh, when hemp was being pushed as like a potentially absolutely class industrial yeah. material henry henry ford made a car and it was nicknamed the soybean car and it was made entirely from hemp and it could be powered from hemp but then came duh, 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 oh nixon and the war on cotton and they were like oh yeah you know the way hemp can save the world shut it down <laughs> shut it down <laughs> it was also the cotton me. industry now it was the war on drugs but also the cotton industry that didn't want hemp so the what indus- so the what industry into- Cotton. The cotton industry. Yeah, it was cotton. Tell me about the cotton industry. Well, it's something I. Yes. But also, cotton industry died down if hemp got into the market because hemp was cheaper, had better yields, was more ecological, and cotton didn't want that of course. to happen. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I, th- I knew that the, it was challenged heavily by the crude oil industry because it would have made like a good alternative to, to plastic and other building materials, yeah. but I hadn't thought of industrial hemp just as like a fiber and that having challenged the cotton industry. Jesus, wow. 
That's an as that's an aspect yeah. that I've fuck. That's There's also the whole thing of Chinese like, people smoking opium, or yeah. not snorting cocaine, so opiates wasn't okay yeah, anymore. Yeah, I know, right? You relate uh, a minority to a substance, and then you can, you can. The, uh, the whole thing was that. We, I, actually, going back to that, if we're talking about like U.S. Uh, kind of like drug drug politics and stuff like that, the 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 opium scare and the the association with the Chinese was completely false as well. Like, like the heaviest users of opiates in that time, uh, I'm almost definitely sure was, uh, was like middle class women, middle and upper class women. Yeah, middle aged women. Yeah, who were, who were often, you know, yeah. like depressed at their life because, you know, being a woman at that time was pretty shit. And they used to drink laudanum all the time. So like, the, 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 even the associations people, people make with drugs, um, or are portrayed of with yeah. drugs, are, are often false, you know. Um, I think crack was yeah. a big one in the U.S. as well, where actually the statistics came out, um, and it's largely been associated with, with black Americans, and it was like, oh, actually, uh, statistically, white people smoke more crack than black people, um, but you don't hear a lot yeah. about that, you know. Yeah, well, it was an absolutely yeah. ra- racist crusade. Uh, I think I'm gonna have well, to bail. My take care, earphones squirrel. are running out of battery, so care, farewell. I may come back wedding. if they charge up. Love you all. Thank you for listening. I will. Uh, shall we just leave it there? Short, like... short, and sweet. Yeah. yeah, we could do. Yeah, it's a good time. Uh, okay. This could be part one.